Molnupa. My goodness. Molpurnirovir. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. Today is Friday, October 8th, 2021. Time for episode 157 of the Barnhart Podcast. We are not doing a churchy episode tonight, so instead of opening with a patron saint, I can say that today is the National Fluffernutter Day, and um, it's also the National Pierogi Day. So we're going to be talking about a lot of um, health-related stuff and, and drug-related stuff, and um, might as well just get into that since it's it's a whole pile of estrogen and then super nerd on this podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the cast of poor, characters. Poor super nerd. <laughs> as usual, we have Anne. And uh, we also have Nurse Claire and Vanessa. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. How you doing? How's doing the, how's good. The, how's, how's, the, uh, how's the black lung coming along there, Vanessa? The black lung finally cleared. Nice. Back to normal, thanks to good old-fashioned antibiotics, which I know well. Nurse Claire is going to get into. Ooh, oh, what a segue. Well, very, very, very well done there. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Super nerd, is that where we're starting? Are we, are we doing the, uh, the essential list of, of now apparently illicit drugs that we should all have on hand? Well, I, I had a different outline set up, but then in our pre-show banter, which I, I wish I had recorded because it, it's every bit as good as the show. And um, somebody suggested we should make this like an extra subscribers tier. No, we're not going to do that. But Uh, uh, the the, the note that I wrote down is we're opening with drugs. So whoever wants to go with this, go. (laughs) Well, I think obviously, Nurse Claire, you are you are the go to man on this. So everybody's dying to know and everybody's kind of mild freaking out because with each passing day, there are more and more seemingly completely extra legal undocumented um, people are are basically living under a massive veil of deception that you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this you can't do that and guys none of this is laid down anywhere in law and what's happening now is that with all of the layoffs plus these these completely extra legal illegal and human rights violations of depriving people of the ability to get medical treatment uh, people are realizing that they're going to need to be able to help themselves and their neighbors. So obviously at the top of the list, the number one question that people have is, what do we need to have in terms of an at-home pharmacological stash? Give us names of drugs um, and what they do. And um, we do have a a place where you can order them from we are not going to say it publicly because we don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to sick uh, the putsch regime on, on them. So what we're going to do is we are going to say if you have questions about where this website is that you can go to to source all of these drugs, go ahead and send us an email to podcast at barnhart.biz. And um, we are, I'm not going to lie, we're going we're gonna to voir dire the, these questions who come in and make sure that it's not any, um, you know, intelligence agency people or anything like that or any spies. Um, we're going to do our best and we'll, we'll get that link out to you, but we're not going to post it publicly because that's how dire the situation is. So Nurse Claire, top of the list, obviously, is, um, is Ivy. I think everybody knows that. 
Yep, ivermectin, one of the one of the absolute must-haves. Um, azithromycin, another one. And Which this, is? It is an antibiotic. However, it's uh, I can link some articles. It's got some antiviral properties. Um, mm. Yes. NAC, N-acetylcysteine, which is a, um, we, we've used it in the ICU for acetaminophen overdoses, but more importantly, it helps to break up mucus and it does support respiratory function. It is, um, I think, probably an un- unsung hero in the COVID thing only because it was removed. It's very, very hard to find. It was one of the first drugs to be suppressed, which speaks volumes. Um, yeah. So there there are a few uh, websites where you can still find it. Uh, zinc, obviously, key, key to staying healthy. And quercetin, we've talked about that, which helps. And um, you can helps. get both of those. You can still get both of those at like Those are over the counter. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vitamin D3, vitamin C, silver biotics, which is a lovely form of colloidal silver that you can take internally. Um, and it does leave the body in 48 hours. It doesn't accumulate in the tissues. Um, so you won't turn blue and look like Papa Smurf, <laughs> which I think is some people's concern with colloidal silver. But um, as far as the antibiotics you should keep on hand that you're talking about uh, sourcing through this website that we have access to, um, I'll give everybody a second to grab a pen. Mm-hmm. Cue, cue the little like Jeopardy tune. Well, it's um, a podcast. They just, they just hit pause and then they go find their pen. <laughs> yeah. It may take exactly. five minutes and then they, right. they hit play when they're ready. That's right. Okay. So um, amoxicillin, which would be uh, essential if you have something, say, strep throat. Um, we all took that it, when we were kids for like ear right. infections and all of that. That's what they just Correct. threw at us all the time. Yeah. A- azithromycin. We just talked about that in terms of um, both being an antibiotic and having some antiviral properties. And it's on the uh, it's on the frontline COVID critical care um, protocol for the treatment of COVID. So absolutely have that. Um, Cipro, clindamycin, doxycycline, Bactrim. Augmentin. Um, this one I never can pronounce after, after over 20 years. I have a hard time pronouncing it. Mupiracin, topical ointment, also known as Bactroban. This is much more potent than your over-the-counter Neosporin, and it will kill staph. So if you have um, MRSA or MRSA, is, as it's known, which is a methicillin-resistant staph aureus, um, this will kill that. So get these things as much as you can source them for yourself and keep them on hand and guys Um, what's creepy is that if people end up being um compactified and concentrated and they start cutting utilities so people aren't going to be able to maintain their levels of cleanliness and so on and so forth these drugs are going to be more valuable than gold and don't think for a second that you know don't be arrogant and think well you know none of these um none of these infections or any these third world type infections or how 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 am i going to get staff 
Well, you know, it just, you just need to turn oh. off the water. You need to turn off the water for a little bit and get people compactified and push them in, in concentrate them together. And you're going to realize how delicate um, the, the, the old biosphere is and how much of this, of these horrible, horrible things are lurking around and will emerge almost instantaneously if they start cutting, um, especially if they start cutting utilities, which I expect that they will um, as a coercive measure, um, you know, like say an entire subdivision or something, everybody has to, everyone has to be, um, has to be um, injected with the poison or else we're going to cut the utilities to the entire subdivision because they're going to want to they're going to want to turn people against each other they can't there there aren't enough police obviously to do all their dirty work for them so they have to rely on the population itself to be doing the dirty work the gestapo work the enforcement and so cutting the threat of cutting um utilities is one of the ways that they're going to do that and when the utilities go disease goes through the roof so that's why you need to have this this stuff on hand dismount soapbox the other thing i wanted to mention um with regards to covid and also the vaccine shedding phenomenon you should be sourcing dandelion extract mm -hmm. yep. um this had there's a couple papers out there to show that um dandelion extract uh, let me find the article here. It inhibits um, it inhibits the spike protein. So there are people who are theorizing that it's quite useful to combat the shedding from the vaccine. And I've been using it myself because um, just last week I encountered three patients who were recently boosted with a third dose of a Pfizer vaccine. And I started to exhibit symptoms within hours of encountering these people. Um, so source some dandelion root extract for yourself. Um, just and put a dropper full, say, put a dropper full in, a, in a cup of water and, and, and chug it. Yeah. And it doesn't taste bad at all. I put it in my water now as in my drinking water as policy in my canteen. And the thing about any anything like dandelion extract, vitamin D, vitamin C, anything in that category, the main point you need to remember about these things is that it can't hurt. It can't do you any harm. I've been hearing since I was a little kid how healthy dandelion greens are for you. And the only reason we didn't eat dandelion greens is because in the modern world, in, in modern middle America, you really couldn't know whether or not something had been sprayed with pesticide or not. And there was a lot of pesticide spraying, lawn spraying and all that going on when I was a little kid. So you, you, you didn't touch dandelion because you just didn't know if the lawn had been treated or not. But I've been hearing since I was a little kid how good this stuff is for you. With dandelion, I mean, as long as you don't do anything like drunken Russian taking a bet stupid, this, it can't hurt you. It can't do any harm. And you know, that is exactly the same argument that you can make about ivermectin. It is obvious. This is the most heavily prescribed human or human uh, heavily dispensed. It isn't even prescribed because it's, it's sold over the counter. This is the most heavily dispensed drug to humans, not, not none of this horse crap, 
to human beings on this planet, four billion doses in the last 35 years, no discernible side effects. I mean, absolutely nothing serious. What the, the, the primary thing that everyone should be saying about ivermectin and why it is clearly nefarious what these people are doing is that ivermectin can't hurt you. It can't do any harm. Even if, hypothetically speaking, dandelion extract or ivermectin or anything in that category, even if it didn't do anything, you know what? It can't hurt. So the, the, the fact that they're withholding ivermectin and going to all these links, this clearly tells you how nefarious this situation is. It can't hurt. The dandelion extract can't hurt. But for what it's worth, yes, people have been reporting in significant enough numbers that the dandelion extract stuff has appears to have anti-spike protein properties and appears to help um, with regards to exposure, exposure to people who are shedding, yada, yada, yada. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Go get some now and um, just, you know, work it in. If you put it in your water, it doesn't even taste bad. You know, it's so dilute that you don't even hardly taste it. It, it just, it can't hurt. So always remember that metric in your head. Ask yourself, is there any possibility that this can hurt me? If the answer is no, go for it. Go ahead. And that's the best metric for us. But uh, I would imagine from the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical perspective, it doesn't make them any profit. So why would exactly, they push it? Exactly, exactly. And I just posted a, a meme a few minutes ago that I made. Um, I saw I saw about some somebody made the remark somewhere in some comment thread. You know, it's surfing the internet. It's just lost. You know, I, I could never find it again. But the the caption was only parasites fear ivermectin, and I put that over a very large picture of Anthony Fauci, who is one of the one of the most egregious. Um, criminals in the world today living um, crimes against humanity. I mean, this guy, this guy's got it coming and he's going to get it, whether it's in this life or the next. Um, but um, yeah, only parasites fear ivermectin. Amen. <laughs> Segwaying off of that, I mean, we can talk about ivermectin. I know that I I've gotten responses from people that still question the safety, the efficacy, <sighs> The, the World Health Organization maintains a website called Vigibase, V-I-G-I Base. This is a, um, it's run by the WHO and it looks at the safety profile of any drug, any drug. Vigibase shows that 3.7 billion doses of ivermectin have been given to humans. It doesn't even in, entail animals and they've only had 5,693 adverse effects. I mean, you can compare that with things like Tylenol, ibuprofen. It is profoundly safe. Mm -hmm. And there's also a website I'd like to refer people to, um, ivmmeta.com. It is a compilation of 64 studies looking and at ivermectin. Yes, and counting. And, counting, yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. counting. Looking at ivermectin as it pertains, it, as it, its efficacy pertains to COVID-19. Um, it, it works multiple ways. It binds to the spike protein to prevent it from entering the cell. Um, it re also reduces entry into cells by binding with the ACE2 receptors 
human ACE2 receptors. Uh, it reduces viral transcription, so it stops the production of viral RNA. It inhibits um, the viruses from replicating, and it is also profoundly anti-inflammatory. It suppresses the cytokine yep. response. Yep. And all of this for literally cents on the dollar. Oh, oh pennies. Um, pennies per dose. Yes, yeah. It, yep. it, is, it is like 53 cents or something like that. Um, and well, now the we an, see the an, it's cheap. It's cheaper than that because the animal stuff. I calculated the the livestock one percent. I back calculated it, and the stuff that I bought a couple of months ago cost twenty cents per dose. Twenty cents per dose for a normal sized for a, a you know the one and a half milliliter normal adult prophylactic dose. It was twenty cents. So you know their cost of production. Is, is a fraction of that. I mean, it could literally be as low as like one or two cents per dose. That, that wouldn't surprise me at all because they are making a profit selling, um, you know, selling all this livestock ivermectin. Clearly they're making a profit on it. Um, and when pharmaceutical companies make profits, it isn't like a 10% profit or something like that. When pharmaceutical companies make profits, it's hundreds if not thousands of percent profits. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's obvious what's going on. It's obvious why they've withheld this. And also in addition to, okay, so it's, it's anti-parasitic, it's antiviral, it's anti-inflammatory. It's also, it, there's good evidence that it's anti-tumoric you know, as in anti-cancer, it, it, um, it helps your body go in. And it, the thing about cancer is that everybody technically has cancer all the time. That's kind of the definition of what our immune systems do. If you have a cell and, you know, cells are always constantly dividing, every once in a while, one of those div cell divisions is going to go bad. And so you've got a mutant cell that is the function of your immune system. Your immune system goes and finds those mutant wacky cells, which are technically cancer. They're technically proto-cancer and goes and gets them. So everybody has cancer all the time. When we say as, as you know, uh, conscious human beings that somebody has cancer or I have cancer, what that means is that for some reason or another, your, your immune system wasn't able to get on top of some um, cell division situation that got out of control and mutated, and then that turns into a you know a tumor or or whatever type of cancer it is. Guess what ivermectin is showing to be very very highly effective at. So I mean, again, it, under the general category header of it's not going to hurt you, I'm convinced that this stuff is is incredibly therapeutic. And why wouldn't I take that as someone who has, um, you know, ovarian cancer running, running rampant on both sides of my family tree? Why in the hell wouldn't I be prophylactically dosing with a completely safe drug with no, no significant side effects that can't hurt me, that looks to have some pretty good um, prophylactic effects against cancer? Why wouldn't you do that? And you see what Big Pharma's agenda is, because as a, I don't, I'll mention it, but we won't put it in the show notes. Anybody who wants to look it up can look it up. But Chris Rock, the black stand-up comedian, has a, a stand-up comedy um, bit 
about pharmaceutical companies and how they make money and they make money by keeping you sick and they make money by selling you drugs, not by curing you. And of course, he being Chris Rock, he uses all kinds of, of colorful metaphors and flowery language to put it mildly. So we won't put it in the show notes, but if you wanna go look it up, it's there. Um, so it's it, it just, it's obvious what's going on. Long I would also, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, long story <laughs> short is that uh, ivermectin is very safe for you, doesn't have side effects as opposed to, you know, some other stuff you could consume and put in your body. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as we hear the can, <laughs> that wonderful sound of the can opening, yes. <laughs> oh, now, okay, now somebody, um, Vanessa, do you have a bottle of, of champagne chilled that you can, you can pop a cork on? Oh, we I need, don't. We need the sound effects. We need the sound effects here, you know? Oh, man. Well, Super Nerd's got a whole library of cool effects um, that he needs to start bringing out more. This is true. This is true. Yes. I, I don't have anything lined up for tonight, though. You need to have one of those DJ mix boards so that you have a button for, you know, popping a brew, popping a champagne bottle, um, and various and sundry keywords and phrases that we all use. And yes, absolutely. I, I need a second laptop for all that. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so Vanessa, you had, um, you took dandelion and it straightened out um, shedding effects, didn't it? Yeah. So I remember mentioning on the podcast, experiencing some of the, the strange menstrual effects that were, you know, um, that were reported and mean man if you would have told me five years ago you're going to be on the ann barnhart podcast talking about menstrual cycles i would have been like you're nuts but you know right. this is 2021 <laughs> so here we are here we are um so yeah uh, here we are um i was trying a whole bunch of different um you know remedies that were suggested the two big ones were the pine tea um, which did not work for me it tasted like munching on a christmas tree so i don't you know uh, I, I recommend it if you're into that thing. You know, it's 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 you know very jolly and crisp. Um, but the dandelion extract did seem to stop symptoms right away. Um, wow. So I definitely recommend it. Um, it seems to be on the on par with ivermectin um, in terms of just wow. You know, works quickly and gets the job done. So like like Nurse Claire was saying. I take it prophylactically a couple times a week. If I know I'm going to be around people, like going to the grocery store, I make sure to you know take more. I will mm -hmm. note, though, in doing some research about this, you want to look for they have pill form and then they have extract. I prefer the extract, and you want to look for the stuff that is a composite of the root, leaf, and flower. Mm -hmm. So I will um, send show notes to Super Nerd uh, of the specific one that I buy. You can get it off Amazon in case mm -hmm. folks are interested. Yep, absolutely. Nurse Claire, what else you got on the list? Well, I was going to just circle back to your point about how drug companies make money by keeping you sick. I would mm -hmm. also add on to that that they make money by suppressing cheap alternative treatments and presenting you with super expensive novel therapies that are Ooh. patented and high priced. Aren't and they just coming out with yes. one right now? Segway. Yeah, we see uh, Merck is now bringing to market their, um, it's it's actually a red pill. <laughs> I don't know, some pictures I see of it, some, some photos it looks orange, but I I, I laugh because it's, it's pretty red. Um, it's called, uh, I'm going to butch, butcher the name, but Malnupiravir, 
and this is an antiviral. Um, its mechanism of action is to get into the viral RNA and cause a mutation. Mm-hmm. So this is being marketed as a good thing because the theory is that it will cause a mutation that will be uh, catastrophic and will just stop the virus from replicating and will make it non-viable. Now, guess why? Guess why Merck had this in their stable as a failed drug? Uh, because precisely this, it mutates. It doesn't just mutate RNA. It mutates DNA. It mutates. Yes, it does. In yep. in the in the host in in the host organism, not not the virus. I mean, whether or not it does to the virus, that's a separate question. It mutates the DNA of of the host, the human being, presumably in this case. Now, Merck, interestingly, Merck is the company that had the original patent on um, ivermectin. Now, ivermectin is off patent, which means any pharmaceutical company can make it. It's generic, okay? And if you look at animal health companies, all of the animal health companies, they all have a version of ivermectin, which is why people are still, to this day, emailing me saying, well, it's not called Duramec, but it's this. Is that the same thing? And people still aren't comprehending that this is th that ivermectin is generic. It's off patent. So there are as many names for it as there are pharmaceutical companies who make it. And there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. So Merck had the original patent on ivermectin. Um, I, th I suspect what happened is that Merck knew that they had a, a basically a giant market killer on their hands with ivermectin with all of these the, these positive effects that it has and so they they basically pushed it exclusive to animal health use in the first world and then they give it away the 3.7 billion human doses um that number that you see 3.7 billion that is the number of human doses that Merck has charitably dispensed in the third world. They literally give it away and then, you know, presumably write, write it off and use it as public relations. Look how great we are. We save all the Africans from having eye worms or whatever it is, you know. So I think they knew exactly what they had on their hands and that they've just buried it and suppressed it in the first world so that it would not disrupt this market that they that they all have and they all want to maintain for what they can what they can charge an arm and a leg for. Now this drug molnupiravir or whatever it's called, this is coming out of Merck. Merck has up until now not been on the death injection bandwagon. They they abandoned death injection work early, very, very early on in the whole Koof conspiracy. My theory is, is that Merck has now come, come around because it's a massive pharmaceutical company. Merck is huge and went to Washington, D.C. And, you know, the people who are running the world, the, the shape-shifting lizard Jews, for lack, of a better, for lack of a better word. But that's another episode with Vanessa about, about all of that. And I say that very tongue-in-cheek. But the, the people in Washington, D.C., who it becomes more and more apparent every day are running this whole operation. Merck went to them and said, look, 
we we want a piece of this pie okay we see we see pfizer getting what is it 15 billion in we see moderna getting 12 billion in we we want a piece of this action and so they have taken this failed antiviral drug because it mutates the the host the human dna when humans take it and they said we're going to come out with this people out there oh and they're going to charge like they're just seven hundred dollars seven hundred bucks seven hundred bucks it it is a five-day course of treatment one capsule twice a day so you need 10 capsules they're seventy dollars each so it's seven hundred dollars for a a five-day course of treatment yep as opposed to ivermectin a Uh five-day course once daily at 53 cents yeah exactly so they're coming out with this they want their cut of the action. People out there on the internet are, are, and I understand how this rumor got started, but I don't think it's true. They're theorizing that this is just, that this is this drug that they're coming out with is just um, tarted up ivermectin. That's not what this is. This mm, is a different nope, drug nope. and it's dangerous. It mutates your DNA. It mutates DNA. Do not take this crap. Don't do it. So I have seen the phrase Merkmectin on Twitter. Guys, no, 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 no. no. This is not rebranded Ivermectin. This, um, and as you mentioned, it absolutely affects uh, the DNA of mammals, um, potentially in the same way that it affects the viral RNA. Merck is denying this, but there's, I mean, there's papers out there that are posing very um, plausible scenarios. And also the, the big question is, if you're inducing a mutation in the virus, how can we say that this isn't going to contribute to gain of function? Right. Yep. So th- this is really, really super duper sketchy. But the other piece that I want people to be aware of, especially your listeners who are mm-hmm. pro-life Catholics, um, this drug, uh, this Merck Molnupa, my goodness, I was I knew how to say it earlier, but yeah, Um, this was tested on lung only mice. Oh, describe what a lung only mouse is, (laughs) Nurse Claire. Uh, Oh goodness (laughs) gracious! Um, Well, there is a a lovely woman I follow on Twitter, and I highly suggest everyone follows her. She goes by Julianne, and her Twitter handle is at Kind and True. Julianne has recently started a blog so that she can chronicle all of the work that she's done looking at um, the use of not just the aborted fetal stem cell line, fetal cell lines from the 1970s that everyone talks about, but the ongoing, ongoing, because make no mistake, there is very much um, still a market for fetal body parts. Abortion oh, yeah. remains legal because the fetal tissue market is wide open for business. Oh, yeah. Um, and she has done just unbelievable work. I mean, really, God bless this woman for her work. She has exposed so much on how mice, particularly at the University of North Carolina, 
um, in Chapel Hill, there, there is a scientist there by the name of Ralph Barrick. And he and his research team, they have managed to humanize mice with um, thymus glands, livers, lungs, all harvested from unborn children. So um, they graft, they graft they, yep. fetal organ, uh, pieces, chunks of fetal organ into it's like under the skin of these mice Correct. right yeah so guys we're not talking about like the the hek the human embryonic no. kidney cell line from an abortion that happened in 1970 and they've just kept um they've just kept extend you know replicating and replicating and replicating this one this one cell line every single mouse that they that they do this to that they hum, quote unquote humanize has a chunk of fetal lung thymus whatever it is so i mean do the math they have to continue to to slaughter children and get fresh and apparently never frozen is also a thing with all of this fresh mm -hmm. never frozen organs of slaughtered children to, to go into, I mean, it's, I, I'm sure that um, every slaughtered child can probably be grafted into multiple mice, but I mean, it's, it's only a few. So you, you just, you have to keep getting the slaughtered children parts in to, to graft into these mice. It's, it's a completely different ball game. I mean, the, the HEK line that, that is an abomination before the Lord unto itself this thing what they're doing with the mice and the dead baby parts grafting into it this is like this is like next level nazi mengele crap in fact i i i, I suppose mengele would blush at all of this yeah i, I yes. don't know if this is something that uh, julianne posted but it was something i saw in the last couple of days i always thought hek was a reference to the original donor a long time ago it stands for human embryonic kidney yeah mm-hmm so Human this doesn't mean Correct. this doesn't mean a fetus, but it could be no. two hundred and ninety-three. It was the two hundred and ninety-third experiment that yielded this cell line. So we know that there was more more than one, likely more than one um, fetus involved, and that cell line was derived from the kidney of that baby. Now the Merck drug, the molnupiravir, it. Um, used it looks like from the articles that julianne was able to dig up it looks like there was at least 12 babies who 12 aborted children who were used in the research and development of this medication and they were likely between six and 16 and 22 weeks of gestation um i will her blog uh has a I'll link to it in the show notes but this is something that people really need to invest the time into researching so that you have a grasp of actually what is happening in medical research these days because yeah. I see the Twitter priests who want to beat people over the head and say well the HEK stem cell line was from the 1970s and that's a remote cooperation and it's so remote it doesn't really matter which is false right yep. but we also have to defeat the narrative that um that that was 40 50 years ago this stuff is happening and happening now and there yep. is um, there's a whole expose, there's a whole investigation actually happening right now at the University of Pittsburgh 
um, that's being exposed by David Delayden in the Center for Medical Progress because the University of Pittsburgh was on a mission to become a hub for fetal parts trafficking and was uh, deliberately marketing um, late-term babies that were aborted up to 42 weeks, believe it or not. I mean, they were post-term. Yes, yes. And, I mean, there's a whole expose on uh, Judicial Watch uh, on their website as well as the Center for Medical Progress. So these things are happening. These abominations are happening. And that is one I think one grace in this entire COVID situation is that the veil is being lifted on some of this. Yeah. Um, So please, uh, I'll link to her blog, but do the research yourself and look at this. It it is, these drugs are not morally derived. So, um, you know, there's questions surrounding the potential adverse effects of this drug in terms of will it cause gain of function and, and new variants of the virus, but also it's not morally licit for for Catholics to be taking this anyway. And just just need to bring up one more point that these, you know, Twitter priests and and, and these people are saying is that, well, it's morally licit to take these injections and do this and do that, you know, if, if there's a if there's a serious risk. People, we're talking about something with a 99.98% survival rate. We're talking about a viral pneumonia that has mostly killed people who were already in the process of dying and people, and it hits obviously the obese very hard. Um, well, at least the original variant was like that. As we go yeah. through more additional variants that are spawning off of these ineffective non-vaccines right. and other DNA cell treatments, we may see the we'll see. we may yep. see variants that really are lethal to yep. the vaxxed and unvaxxed alike. Which is why it's important to get your meds now and keep them yep. on hand and self-treat. Um, the, the vaccines, we've discussed this, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but they're leaky, meaning there are escape variants that are, are spawned from the vaccine. I personally, I believe the, the real bioweapon here was not necessarily the SARS-CoV-2. It, it, I do think that it was created, um, but the real bioweapon has been the vaccine. Yep, absolutely. 100% yes. Yep. Oh, and you know, we also made the point many episodes ago now um, about people, if you need to have any procedures done, if you need any orthopedic, you know, surgeries done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to get your eyes fixed, if you need dental work done, this, that, and the other, we told people, do it now. Don't mess around because now we're living in the midst of it. If you are unjabbed, you are probably going to be completely cut off, almost completely cut off from certainly any sort of um, elective surgical procedure, anything like that. I mean, they're they're already openly saying we are not going to give organ transplants and let's compartmentalize and put to the side for, for a second the entire question of the moralicity of, of organ transplants in say. The point is they're saying 
you are not going to get this treatment that was 100% available to you and available to everybody just a matter of a few weeks ago. Now they're saying you can't get it. We were having a little chit chat in the group about, Nurse Claire, haven't you said that there you've seen instances where um, people have come in for a second liver transplant and and they're, they've been drunk when they arrived for their second liver yes. transplant? Yeah. Yes. So or, they, people, or they're on their third liver because they drank through their native liver and mm-hmm. then they drank through a, a donor liver and now they need a second transplant, which would be their third liver. They're, they're alcoholics, raging alcoholics. I've seen non-compliant diabetics come for kidney yep. transplants. Um, so what happened with this woman at the University of Colorado, she had a donor. She had a live donor willing to donate to her, she was not taking an organ that was that was um, being offered up nationally through ah. through Unos through the United Network of Organ Sharing. This was what, not was it, kidney? Um, was it a kidney? It was a kidney from a live donor, a friend of mm-hmm. hers, who was found to be a compatible match. Neither one of them were vaccinated. Both of them um, did not. They, I believe, both objected to the vaccine on religious grounds. Um, and the University of Colorado refused to do the case, refused to do the surgery. Yep. So, and and I also know Vanderbilt, I know for certain has declined um, organs to unvaccinated recipients. So yeah, it's happening. Um, and as you mentioned, get your elective work done now. If you even can. I mean, with, with the attrition in terms of um, doctors, nurses, and staff, as Nurse Claire is always very good to point out, it isn't just doctors and nurses, it's also the people who do all the cleaning and all the support and all the logistical stuff. Um, with the massive, massive attrition that's gonna hit, that has already started to hit and is gonna continue to hit in the coming weeks, um, you're not gonna be able to get things done. And then they're explicitly going to say that we, we will withhold all medical care from anyone who does who has not been injected with this poison so very true yep i mean the the window the window if not the window may even be closed it it may it may it may even be closed um operating rooms are closing all over Mm -hmm. the country um as i mentioned before i've got colleagues everywhere um so elective surgeries are being canceled we're now talking about telling surgeons they can't book cases, period. So what's going to follow quickly is a rationing of of resources and care. And and I totally believe that it will come down to vaccinated versus unvaccinated. We're living in an apartheid, a system of apartheid. Absolutely. It's not just the patients. It's also the cases where the nurses who say, no way, we're not going to take the jab. Go ahead and fire us. They are... I think you had a, a, a link to something about a labor and delivery hospital in New York where it's all being blamed on the unvaccinated, but it, 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 that's, that's not really telling the story correctly. It has to do with staffing and, and voluntary choices on the part of hospital administration that uh, it's not just a matter of the, the window might be closed because you know, the services are being denied to the unvaxxed. They may not have the staff to do it, period. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the other thing that I think people, especially younger people listening, should be looking into is making friends with an on-site midwife. 
because it's probably going to reach the point where you're not good if you're unvaccinated or uninjected with the poison you're probably not going to be able to receive obstetric ob, obstetric care in in a formalized hospital setting so make friends with mid with onside midwives who you know you you get pregnant and you literally cannot go to the hospital and if if you do go to the hospital you risk having your newborn child literally kidnapped from you if you step foot inside of a hospital better make friends with midwives now folks that's my advice this is starting to sound a whole lot like the book brave new world and we're all going to be john savage yep. here before long yep <laughs> what do we expect i mean if if you know the conversation that we just had about what we're doing in terms of slaughtering children and piggybacking drug production off of them we we've got this coming i mean we've got it coming and we've got it coming hard and we've discussed this i mean i could the the one of my favorite patriotic songs always used to be um um america the beautiful uh, you know, the line, God shed his grace on thee now, just makes makes my skin crawl. It makes my skin crawl. The, the notion that God would possibly shed his grace and bless what the former United, the monstrosity that the former United States is now. I mean, you're, you're, you're smoking some, some, pretty hardcore crack if you're still living in a fantasy world where, you know, that we all lived in when we were growing up where we truly believe that, you know, to what Nurse Claire said, the veil has been revealed. It's all been pulled back. None of us can claim ignorance to any of this anymore. Sure, there was there was horrible stuff going on in the in the 60s, 70s, 80s, when we were kids, pe people didn't know about this. People, to a certain extent, didn't know what was going on. Now, we knew about Roe versus Wade. Everybody knew about that, and that's inexcusable in and of itself. But all this other stuff that's been going on, the fact that, that Hollywood is the pedophile Satanist hub that it is, that all this, you know, dead baby tissue, um, de facto cannibalism has been going on, um, it's all been pulled back, and if you if you keep going forward with this mindset that the that the United States of America is blessed by God, and I mean you're, I, I just don't even know what to say to someone who has that mindset right now. You're you're living in a completely different world, and you're not as uh, Doctor Beep is his new his new catchphrase and. And we should probably start a hashtag of this. I mean, we we cite thing after thing after thing, and Dr. Beep will just make the comment in the in the chat thread. Um, she's not going to make it, or he's not going to make it. You know, meaning these people are living in some other. They're living in some other world, and they literally are so detached from reality whether it's because they're on the far left and they're social justice warriors and all, all, or all this, or it's just because they're completely deluded about, you know, nothing's wrong, everything's fine, God, God bless America, God shed his grace on thee. Trust people the plan. Are not, trust the plan. These people are not going to make it. They're not going to make it. So, all right. What's next, Super Nerd? Where are we going? So we made the point earlier about, um, it, not directly, we, we kind of skidded around it, the whole idea of making uh, religious exemptions or, or making mm -hmm. religious objections to 
uh, either uh, certain drugs or the um, call it a vax if you need to. And certainly this is coming up for a lot of people in their workplace. Either you get the jab or you lose your job. And um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder uh, put out an affidavit recently that that um, basically sent, giving his voice as a member of the Catholic Church um, for people who want to make a religious objection to the uh, to the jab on on abortion grounds. And one of the I, I read through the uh, downloadable uh, religious exemption letter template. And it has the phrase, quote, I cannot have anything to do with vaccines that are connected in any way to the act of abortion, end quote. This is highly problematic the way it's worded. Very, very. And I know of people who have been told at their workplace, if you plan on submitting a religious objection based on a connection to abortion, it will be rejected. Because you're going to be able to, you're going to have to sign a document saying, I don't take Tylenol or aspirin. Or, or ibuprofen, or any number of things that have been tested, not they've been tested on, on aborted fetal well, cells ex, in ex vitro. Post facto. I mean, they've they've tested they've tested water on on fetal cells at this point. That and that's a point that's being pushed by that um, that uh, legionary of Christ priest who's on the internet. What's his name? Matthew Schneider, the the guy who claims he's got Aspergers or whatever. Uh, boy, okay, number one, Legion of Christ, founded by a drug-addled, bisexual, incestuous, pedophile rapist. Uh, Marcel Maciel was raping his own sons, biological sons. He denied and renounced Christ on his deathbed. Hey, Father Matthew Schneider, why are you still the member of an organization that was funded by a Satanist, incestuous, bisexual, pedophile rapist? When are you going to deal with the fact that you have signed up with a Satanic organization? Let's talk about that and how that speaks to your credibility to talk about anything else. Because Father Matthew Schneider, if you're willing to compromise on that, if you're willing to sell out on that question, how can anybody trust your moral compass and your moral theology when you belong to an order voluntarily that was founded by a satanic who raped his own sons, his own biological sons? So, Father Matthew Schneider, you can answer that first. Then we get to the point that, um, so he's saying that, oh, it's it, all, all these drugs, everything has been tested on this HEK-293 or whatever that, that fetal cell line is. Guys, they've tested every substance on earth on that ex post facto. It doesn't mean that aspirin was developed on the backs of dead babies. People have been taking aspirin for a long time. They've done all these things after the fact. That's, that's what is at issue here, and that's been, it's been made very, very clear by serious moral theologians who aren't members of the Legion of Christ satanic um, sodomy cult that, um, that, this is somehow, that this is somehow disqualifying because these ghouls have run science experiments 
on on fetal cell lines with every substance at this point that's that's ever been produced or exists naturally. Yeah, so the, the, need- the, the distinct line that that's because somebody emailed this to me and, and and or to I should say to Supernerd to that account and and uh, said what do you think about this and I read through it and, and I and I highlighted that that line I, I quoted and I said this is wrong what what the line should be. I can have nothing to do with vaccines that cannot be produced without the use of human tissue derived from abortion or in vitro fertilization. How, now, how that, about I how about I can't have anything to do with a with a known carcinogen with a poison that is allegedly being distributed and mandated in service to a, a condition that has a 99.98% survival rate. I can't play Russian roulette. This is Russian roulette. And then people would say, well, what about chemotherapy? That stuff's poison. Yeah, because cancer is 100% fatal if you don't treat it. So um, Breathing oxygen is 100% fatal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you, I mean, you have to, it, it, it's, it's all about proportionality. It's all about proportionate risk in, in terms of these things. That, and in my opinion, leave the abortion thing alone. The real issue here is the fifth commandment and self-harm and disproportionate risk of self-harm. These people are dropping dead right and left of blood clots and of heart inflammation, pericardium inflammation. There's people dying and being maimed by this in service to what? A chest cold with a 99.98% survival rate. This is disproportionate risk of harm. This is a violation of of the fifth commandment against self-harm. And you know what, guys? The truth of the matter is, and we're going to get into, so there's not only Bishop Athanasius Schneider, but I know that Vanessa wants to talk about the whole SSPX letter, too. Um, Guys, you actually don't, you don't need a priest to sign a permission slip for you. You, you don't need to have a priest sign a permission slip. And I've had lawyers email in and say, not only that, it is, an, it is in the U.S. code that it is against the law for anyone to ask you to defend your religious beliefs. That in and of itself is, is a violation of the U.S. code. And so all you have to do is say, this violates my strongly held beliefs, and this would be a violation of conscience for me, and that's the end of it. You just say no. So now we've got all these priests getting into the fray. Some are doing more harm than good. As Superner just pointed out, they're putting out statements that are not very well thought through. Um, Vanessa, do you wanna do you wanna talk about the SSPX letter? Because you've done the most research on that. Sure. And uh, I'm a little incredulous, actually. I, I mean, I'm keeping one ear to the podcast to listen to what you're saying, but I'm also scanning over this SSPX letter that came out on September 24th, so just about a week or two ago. It seems as if it has been it has been edited heavily. So oh. this is what happened uh, late last year or early this year when they did this the first time. So for some for some background, the Secretary General of the SSPX is named Father Arnaud Seligny. I could have be totally butchering that pronunciation. But he's a secretary general, so no small small beans here. Um, he writes this blog post. It's on the SSPX English news site that came out. Um, he basically justifies 
getting the vaccine uh, in this first uh, uh, blog post that went out earlier this year. Now, I was not a member of the SSPX when this happened, but I remember it coming out. I remember being very disappointed in it. And then I remember reading that there was lots of backlash to it and they seemed to back away from from that post. It seems to either have been heavily edited. Um, it, it's still there. So it was heavily edited. Uh, it happened again. Of, quick point of order. Wait, go ahead. Go. Quick point of order is that uh, when you say member of the SSPX, only religious are members of the SSPX. We pew sitters can follow them and support them unless you're a third order member, in which case you really are a religious of the SSPX. It's just a minor, actually not so minor. It's just semantics. Pe- yeah. yeah, pe- but yeah. People mm-hmm. say I'm a member of such and such group. You know, I, I'm a member of the Fraternity of St. Peter. I'm a member of the Institute of Christ the King. Not unless you were ordained or have some kind of clerical investiture or, or took some some orders. And, and if they have third orders and you're a member of that, then yes, you could legitimately use that phrase. I just wanted to point that or clear that up because it's always something that's kind of stuck in my craw. The precision gotcha. is that v- Vanessa and her family have started going to the SSPX. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so we are members of the parish. Uh, we sit in the pews at this at the SSPX now, um, but so essentially this 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 priest, the superior general, the secretary general, did it again uh, on September twenty fourth. Wrote this blog post, and I, I immediately texted it to my SSPX priest along with some salient sections. And, and the the worst one actually is this one, which I'll read really quickly here. Um, Thus, if it is impossible to approach the dying to confer on them the sacraments without being oneself vaccinated, we should prefer the salvation of our neighbor for our own health or tranquility. It may happen that the obligation to fulfill a duty of charity prompts us to agree to be vaccinated. Um, So... (laughs) To, to confer the sacraments. So who's he talking about? He's talking about priests. So he's basically saying if, if you have to get vaccinated to confer sacraments on someone who's in a hospital who won't let you enter unless you're vaccinated. I mean, this completely is insane because, because what if a priest gets vaccinated, gets myocarditis, dies, and then cannot confer last rites on thousands of people as a result of complying with this COVID push re- regime? Exactly. So that section is now wiped from the letter. Ah, interesting. Oh, we did (laughs) Kwasniewski and started started editing, editing, editing when it when uh, eyes started falling on it. Interesting. Okay, what does it say now? Yeah. um, And so, you know, having done Lincoln Douglas debate as a nerd ball when I was in high school, you know, there's lots of little little rhetorical tricks, you know, so, you know, the the concession tricks, a big one, right? So you concede the argument that, okay, you know, everyone thinks abortion is awful. Abortion is awful. But and so this letter, yes, it's Mm -hmm. full of that. The next here's another really awful section that's just ridiculous. The fear of being under increased surveillance is also not a figment of the imagination concession. But let us acknowledge that we accept to submit to many pressures and constraints for reasons of justice, charity, common good, or or spiritual good. We know that this simple act of using a smartphone, a credit card, uh, surfing the internet, or even driving a car puts us under the state of surveillance at almost all times. yeah, the, the rage, uh, lots of rage at this. Um, f- funnily enough, we're talking with our priest about this tomorrow at dinner. Um, but his immediate reaction, you know, saying if he said, if what you're telling me is true, that's very troubling. 
Um, this is a whole nother deep, dark rabbit hole that we can do later. I know Anne mentioned this for another podcast, but essentially I'll just kind of say, I still recommend the SSPX in the sense that you're not underneath a bishop who's going to fold like a cheap tent to the COVID regime. And so you have mm-hmm. one layer of protection there, but there are criticisms of the SSPX among members of the SSPX resistance. It's a group that that believes that there has been a Masonic infiltration in the SSPX. And this letter does give credence to their criticism. So we can get into that later. That's a whole nother deep, dark rabbit hole. But looks like they've they've walked back. They didn't advertise that they walked back, which is extremely pernicious because if you saw the first letter and you didn't obsessively check their blog every day, you know, because people mm-hmm. don't have anything better to do, you're going to think no that, idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just caught that right here comparing my my um, screenshotted text to my priest versus what's here on this blog post. So very yeah. disappointing. Very disappointing. And that that was a target on priest backs. You need to we're, it was basically the SSPX saying to its own priests, we're not going to back you up. We're not going to back you up, get vaxxed, get in there, and end of story. So very disappointing. That, that whataboutism, that's just disgusting. Well, well, what about everybody has a cell phone? Well, what about everybody uses a credit card? Are you kidding me? They, therefore, therefore, the state comes out and says, inject yourself with poison or else apartheid regime and your life is over and you say well, well what about what about self that that's just that's the height of of just nauseating effeminacy oh sorry no no way but your point is valid our lord said it's going to be a mixed bag until the very end the angels are going to come down and they're going to sort the fish they're going to sort everything and we cannot have in our minds that it's ever going to be a situation where there's this you know completely and totally pristine uh, pristine thing going on because the church militant is going to be, for lack of a better word, kind of a hot mess until the end. And so you just have to, you have to come to grips with this. But in the meantime, we need to be talking about this and fighting this. And who knows, hopefully the more people start calling, calling these guys out on this stuff, um, may, maybe it'll do some good. I mean, that's obviously the the entire motivation for all of us doing this is that hopefully it's it's helping and hopefully it's going to do some good. But wow, the whole phraseology of, of saying that of, of course abortion is evil, but and, and then going on, on and saying something that essentially negates everything you just said. Yeah, that strikes yeah. of the Vatican II documents. Oh, sacrosanctum well concilium. Of course, 100%. we need to maintain Latin. But, but if, it, if it's convenient for local use, then yep. use whatever language you want, it, which completely me- is nothing. It, it means complete carte blanche, do whatever you want, because the conjunction in the middle nullified everything you said at the front. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the smell of sulfur was all over that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. All right. Super nerd, where are we going next, baby? Um, I, I Actually, I'm at the end of my notes at the moment. Um, the last item here was, uh, an item about the Indian drug company is reporting that they weren't going to do anything more with the Merck drug. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. Um, but nurse Claire already covered 
we uh, the drug that. I can't pronounce. The, the Mulpur, Mulpur near, it's, near it's a it's a clunker just like the vaccine <laughs> it's, a it's a clunker it's overpriced it doesn't work it's not effective and even third world countries like india recognize that and they're not going to give it mm -hmm. um it's just going to be all of the um covidian pagans running around the united states that sign up for it just like they're signing up for their I mean, they have their third booster and some of them are already foaming at the mouth for a fourth. So yep. uh, I don't know. It's just Sin another grift. Stupid. It's just a grift, guys. Don't don't fall for it. It's it's built on dead babies and it's a DNA mutator and you want nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's, since it's we're so, talking about it, yeah, since ahead. we're talking about dead babies, I mm. just want to point out that isn't it remarkable that all of the recommended treatments quote unquote treatments for covid are linked to dead babies the mm. monoclonal antibodies the vaccine mm -hmm. now this uh molnipravir mm -hmm. uh, whatever but ivermectin hmm. Hmm. i don't know hmm. it, it's it's sort of telling if you have eyes to see yep absolutely it's a it's a religion and all of this is uh, the sacrament of initiation into that religion. And exa exactly like the Islamic political religion, the essence and base of the whole thing is coercion. Instead of, like the one true religion, Catholic Christianity, the essence of it is is freedom. Freedom to, to come to the Lord and love him of your own free will. And um, it's... It's the diabolical inversion, but we talked about that on the last episode. Um, what else? Oh, there, there is all of the um, Project Veritas videos coming out. And um, I don't know, the, the <laughs> I guess I have one observation about all that. None of it is surprising, but it, the thing that, that cracks me up in a, in a, with my morbid sense of humor is that apparently and I, I you know i missed the entire memo on this apparently in order to be hired by pfizer or any of the large pharmaceutical companies you have to be a flamingly gay man apparently have you noticed that every single one of those guys in those recent project veritas you know pfizer um hidden camera exposés those guys are all just huge flamers. I mean, up talking, hyper feminine. The first one was the guy saying, well, we, we just need to blow dart everybody. We just need to blow dart everybody. And I'm just going to come to your house and I'm going to stab you in the arm. And oh, that's your booster. I mean, th this guy was just was flaming. And then the second round of Project Veritas videos comes out. And those two guys are flamers. And then the third one comes out. What? What's the last one that they just did? Um, oh, the. Oh, it was the gal from the plant in McPherson, Kansas. Fun trivia fact: best McDonald's in the central United States is in, or used to be in McPherson, Kansas. So there's a huge, huge Pfizer plant in McPherson, Kansas. And one of the gals that work there got these internal memos that that of Pfizer executives saying, um, yeah, let's keep it quiet that the that the um, HEK cells were used in all this. I mean, it's not like Nurse Claire said in the in the pre show warm up. It's not super big news. I mean, we all kind of knew this, but it is it is interesting to see that um, 
that they're openly talking about the fact that they don't they don't want the you know the the information out that even the HEK cell line was used in this in any way. They, so they, they understand, they're cognizant of it, yeah. They even mentioned the Vatican in their internal emails about, ooh, don't put this out, and we already have the Vatican saying that we can, that, that, that they want people, pro-life people can get the vaccine. I, they called the Vatican out in their internal emails. Yep, isn't that interesting? Hmm, yep. So, but I, mean, I was just laughing at the fact that all of the guys that they recorded who are working for these pharmaceutical companies are all these flamers. And then you just, you know, you stroke, you stroke the goatee, you stroke the facial hair and say, my goodness, it's almost like all of these things are connected at a, at a very deep, profound level. But hmm. was there any, was there anything else in the, um, in the Project Veritas videos? I mean, it was... It was, it's interesting, and I hope he keeps going. And I'd like to say, if uh, what's his name, James O'Keefe? James O'Keefe, if you're listening or if someone will, will clip this and send it to you, you really need to somehow get, um, get people in Rome, get them the kind of hidden cameras that you have, and you need to get um, bishops of the Roman Quiria and, you know, ultimate goal would be to somehow get anti-Pope Bergoglio. I mean, I can only imagine the the things that anti-Pope Bergoglio and the rest of the Roman Quiria say when they're off the record and they, they think they're amongst themselves or that they think they're amongst friends. I mean, I've been saying this for years, somebody needs to do this. And I always have to say, whenever I recommend this, um, James O'Keefe, I don't know, you've got, a, you've got an Irish last name, so maybe, maybe you're Catholic, but just in case you don't know this, you absolutely cannot, under any circumstance, ever, ever, ever take a hidden camera situation into the confessional. That is a mortal sin, completely, completely off the table, disqualified no matter what. You can never, ever, ever do that. But you can, I, and you should, somehow send your boys over to Rome and, or even, uh, you know, the bishops in the United States, like Timothy Dolan, um, I mean, all of them, they're all just a bunch of absolute apostate wretches. They're all in bed with the new world order. They're all on board with this um, quote unquote, great Freemasonic reset. Please send your people in with hidden cameras and, and somebody start doing this. And if it's not James O'Keefe, then it should be somebody else get that technology, figure out what, how, where he's getting those cameras, um, how to do that and get these people, get these people on camera, on the record, saying what we all know as Catholics, and that is, and I wrote this essay a long time ago, and super nerd, get ready with the, um, you know, Mother Prioress beepophone, because I have to quote my own title of my own essay, it's called, they don't actually believe any of, the, of that And by we mean, you know, the Catholic faith. They all, they all think that it's BS. They don't believe in it. And I'm absolutely convinced that it would be very, very easy to get them on hidden video camera, fully admitting that they, they don't believe in the divinity of Christ. They don't believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. I think a lot of them are atheists and would and would freely admit, quote unquote, among friends 
that they don't even believe that there's any such thing as God. So please, somebody do that. It needs time. If James O'Keefe is in the D.C. area, which I assume is where some of these were filmed, mm-hmm. um, all he has to do is walk down to DuPont Circle, which is the gay area. Donald Whirl, Cardinal Donald Whirl, has a very posh pad right there, which is not close to the shrine that he was presiding over, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they could catch a whole bunch of stuff over there. But uh, can you imagine a Casa Santa Marta lunchroom rant from anti-Pope Bergoglio caught on the tape? Oh, would that it were. I mean, would that it were. Would that it were. And the thing, the first one, the first big one that happened in, um, it was either late 2013 or early 2014. I know people, I know personally, um, one priest who was physically present. Anti Pope Bergoglio was screaming so loudly and raging and bellowing so loudly at lunch, during lunch that the Swiss guards cleared the building. Everybody had to get up, stop their lunch, and everyone was escorted out. He was raging that loudly. And it was when the group of 13 cardinals, and Dolan was one of them, to everyone's shock, drafted a letter that said it was the first synod that they ever did. And I can't remember what even the BS topic of that synod was. But Dolan, and and there was a total of 13 of them, drafted and signed a letter to anti-Pope Bergoglio saying, the procedures of this thing are completely ridiculous. This is, this is completely unacceptable. This whole thing is just being, this is all just a farce. And Bergoglio flew into a rage and was screaming, I'll take their hats, I'll take their, meaning their red cardinal hats, you know, I'll take their hats, I'll take their hats, I'm in charge here. I'm in charge here. Well, he was screaming this in Italian, but that's what he was saying. I'm in charge here. I'll take their hats. If they don't like it, they can leave. Cleared the dining room by the Swiss guard. I mean, that that's pretty bad. If someone's having a psychotic break that is that violent, how many people I witnessed that? And nobody, I mean, this this was going around Rome like wildfire because dozens and dozens and dozens of people eyewitnessed this because a lot of people eat lunch in that, in that dining room there, in that hotel. It, Casa Santa Marta is basically a luxury hotel inside the Vatican. A bunch of people eat lunch in there. Dozens of people eyewitnessed this, nobody, not one of those cowards would go on the record and say, here's exactly what happened. It was just all through the gossip channels, but so many people saw it that you just you just kept hearing it confirmed and confirmed and confirmed that's exactly what happened. Um, just the, the craven cowardice of so many people. And you know, a lot of people have been talking about conspiracy theories and one of the main arguments against conspiracy theories is, okay, you would have to believe that dozens, if not hundreds, if not even maybe thousands of people have all been, have all known that some, you know, some conspiracy was going on and nobody said anything. And I think what we're all kind of realizing now is that we used to believe that, yeah, that's a good argument. That, pro- that probably isn't possible. Now we're realizing, oh my gosh, that is possible. It is possible that you know thousands of people could know that something was going on 
and never say a word. And you know, a primary example of this would be Ted McCarrick. Thousands and thousands of people knew exactly what Ted McCarrick was. They knew that he was a pedophile and that he was a predator. Thousands of people knew this for decades and nobody said a word. And now here we are, thousands of people know that Bergoglio is an anti-pope and nobody will say anything. And we're realizing, oh my gosh, this is the world we live in. Yeah, so dismount soapbox. It's a time of universal deceit. Yep. Nobody wants to believe the truth. And even if they wanted to, they have the built-in bias to question their own knowledge of the truth. Yep. It's, uh, it's a frightening thing to behold. And I think that even if we had a recording of anti-Pope Bergoglio screaming in Casa Santa Marta, you would have Catholic media the next day justifying that, you know, he just had a bad day. We all oh, have course. bad days. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is totally normal. Uh, popes have denied the divinity of Christ before. This has been a this has been a regular occurrence in the two thousand year history of the church. Popes have regularly ratified adultery. This is this has all happened before, et cetera. Oh yeah, it would it would actually be it would kind of be fascinating as a social experiment to watch um, the, the the bending over backwards that these people will do. And at this point, it's we used to we used to make jokes about. You know, he could appear on the loggia and, you know, rape and slaughter an 11-year-old boy and drink his blood. And <laughs> it's, it's almost like we're approaching that. And, and these people would still say, they would still say, nothing's wrong here. He's the pope. The pope's the pope until the pope says he isn't the pope. And you're a schismatic and you're an He's South American. He's just, he's in, he's, you know, he's just doing his own <laughs> culture. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, right? I just, right? I, yeah, right. at this point, everyone is so snowed and so terrified. And it's, everyone else is so apathetic. You know, it's like you've said before, what's it going to take? I don't know. At this point, I don't think it's anything except for anything. the chastisement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, come Peter and Paul oh. in the sky with flaming swords. We're, we're ready. We're ready. But Nurse Claire, what do you think, girl? I think when it comes to Merck and their drug and the vaccines, you need to take the advice of Nancy Reagan and just say no. Just say no. Just well say said. no. Mm -hmm. Let's time trip back to the, the 80s. Yep. Um, all of this. I, I don't know. It is, to echo what Super Nerd said, it is definitely diabolical disorientation. Um, I don't know. Yep. Just keep plugging away and speaking the truth and um, ask the Holy Ghost to remove any blindness and let you never be deceived and only see the truth. Yep. Oh, and I know on behalf of the listenership, everybody is probably going to be asking. So if I may ask and if you can answer in, in the broadest terms that you would like, Nurse Claire, have, have you lost your job yet? Have you been fired yet? Nope, not yet. I'm waiting, okay. but not I'm yet. Waiting. Okay. Well, we're with you. So when the I day will comes. Keep, yeah, I will keep you posted. Um, mm -hmm. But not yet. I don't have a mandate at my employer. I think they recognize that they would were very short staffed, you know, as mm -hmm. our everyone is 
not even just hospitals, everyone go to restaurants, whatever, everybody's short staffed. I don't know where people are, by the way. But um, I think they know that they would lose even more staff with a vaccine mandate. And Mm -hmm. they're waiting for Bo Jiden and they'll blame him. Yep. So I have not been mandated yet. And I've not been fired yet. Okay. Are you working on any on uh, uh, cultivating any side hustles or? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I have <laughs> cultivated successfully mm-hmm. um, a side hustle. So if I do get the axe, I'll be okay. But the the truth is, I think it's all just in the short term. Eventually, um, as you've talked about, you're going to lose your health insurance. You're going to lose your mortgage. You're going to lose your bank account and whatever. This, this system of apartheid is emerging rapidly. So um, mm-hmm. uh, once I get fired from my job, I think my side hustle will bide me a little bit more time. But ultimately, um, we're all going to be white martyred at some point, I think. Yeah. Yep. And to the point okay. of being locked out of your bank account for being unjabbed, if you have the means, start pulling out cash and keeping that on hand. Yeah. Stack FRNs if you haven't been already. I'm I'm doing that. I've always been kind of big on that. But yeah, it's getting to the point now where I look at a bank account balance and I keep them low anyway, but I just look at anything and just think to myself, you know, tomorrow morning that could all be gone. Am I, am I comfortable? Could I take that hit? And the answer is, you know, no. So that means need to go get more cash and need to stack more cash. Yep. And, and don't, don't look for cryptocurrency either. I mean, no. there's, there's the, the Ann saying stacking cash. It reminds me of, of the, uh, the crypto guy saying stacking sats, uh, satoshis. Um, there's rumor about a, a, an executive order coming out to crack down on that. And yes, that's all over the place. We've talked about uh, cryptocurrencies in the past. It's not something to bet on. Even if it did go over $50,000 in the last week, that's not something to bet on. Well, I mean, uh, and super nerd, here, here you go. What was it, Monday? Was that when that happened? When Facebook and what all went down? All those social, yeah, they went down. I mean, there were people in my neighborhood that were like wild-eyed and in the early stages of a demi-panic because they couldn't get onto their WhatsApp or their Facebook or what whatever it is that people use now. Um, do you want to talk about that? It was only the mm-hmm. Facebook properties. It was uh, obviously Facebook itself, Instagram. Um, so people couldn't be tempted to... Um, self-harm because they're because they instagram wasn't feeding their their false or their bad body image and then whatsapp these are all in the, these three properties whatsapp instagram and facebook all owned by facebook and yeah. uh the technical uh, there hasn't been an official post-mortem uh published that i've seen yet uh but i think it was something having to do with um somebody screwed up uh bgp definitions um it it, it was a dns level um, error. And I think I, I tried to explain this to somebody. Imagine all of our phone numbers were 64 character indecipherable codes that no, absolutely nobody could memorize if they tried. Mm-hmm. But there is a, um, a translation system so that if I wanted to call Ann, I would say um, com dot phone and then enter that and go. 
well, that query, that, that name doesn't mean anything. That's not a phone number. That name has to be bounced off a database to say, what is the phone number that this relates to? And then that 64-digit indecipherable code is returned. And then that's what my phone would actually dial to connect to you. Mm-hmm. That's how a request to a website works. Uh, you're really requesting an IP address. And IP, mm-hmm. IPv4 addresses are short, and you can actually memorize those. IPv6 addresses are uh, 32-character hexadecimal codes that nobody's going to memorize. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the root references for, for where the Facebook servers were got wiped. Now, it wasn't wiped from the root servers like I like some of the early rumors were. They screwed up the uh, definitions. I say they. Somebody at Facebook, either intentionally or unintentionally, um, screwed this up. And unintentional is not a stretch. Uh, I did hear one one uh, theory that, oh, they took Facebook offline to do virtual file shredding because it happened right at the same time that a, a Facebook um, whistleblower was, was testifying well. before Congress and the SEC, which if you follow that story at all, this person was <laughs> complaining they weren't censoring enough. Right. And there was a meme put out. It's like, imagine having a, a, a planting a whistleblower at your own company to go blow the whistle that you weren't being censorship, or you weren't censoring uh, wrong think enough. Mm-hmm. And so, amazingly, that whistleblower was set up with every sort of possible uh, blue checkmark Twitter account, um, you know, all, had everything pre-prepared, was completely supported by the entire uh, media, ready to go, website ready to go. I mean, it's it's clear, it's it's glaringly obvious that this person is a is an apparatchik of of you know the great reset crowd you know i mean it's anybody who's falling for this is that, that there was a facebook whistleblower i mean good grief if, if you fall for that you'd fall for i don't know the government coming out and telling you that you had to inject yourself with poisoners oh wait a minute sorry never mind i digress so that all happened but go, the reason i brought this up with you super nerd is talking about cryptos okay i still think that a lot of people really don't comprehend that if there's no internet no electricity um that that all just completely totally goes away and you say well and you know you know federal reserve notes of the u.s government they're they're every bit as 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 fake and phony and non-existent as that you know at least you got a piece of paper and for a while, that they w- those pieces of paper will count for something. Um, it's it's not obviously it's not a perfect solution, but it's something um, to to at least have some Federal Reserve notes. Um, and you know the petrodollar still is the global reserve currency. I mean the Chinese are getting ready to are getting ready to invade Taiwan, and they're getting ready to take over the entire South China Sea. At which point they will basically control just all trade routes in and out that they will just control everything and uh you're gonna get cut off from your from your crap you're gonna get cut off from your you know target garbage that that you're just completely used to having at at literally the tip of your fingers um they can bring us to their knees if if the chinese move on taiwan i think a lot of americans just absolutely have no idea how how grave that situation is and it's what it's also going to do 
is that when the Chinese do move on Taiwan, it's going to reveal that the United States military is a complete paper tiger, completely inept, couldn't, couldn't stop them if they wanted to, that, and everybody else is just going to go, oh, because, you know, the, the Afghanistan withdrawal was kind of the first step in that, revealing how impotent we are. Um, it, the Chinese moving on Taiwan is going to be the last nail in the coffin, and it's just going to it's going to clearly demonstrate that the United States military isn't even remotely, not not even ten percent of what the the perception has been that it's all just been smoke and mirrors. And at that point, Putin does what he wants. At that point, you know anything goes. Anybody who can muster an army of actual men who are ready to fight and you know don't have to you know make sure that they have their false eyelashes and you know are, are not going to burst into tears if someone calls them by the wrong pronouns anyone who can muster an actual army of men is just going to roll over whatever they want globally because we're basically the global police so at that point australia is done australia and new zealand will both become chinese colonies um the chinese incurred into india i believe it was yesterday um you know the indians they have population they have numbers um but i and don't nuclear know if, weapons and they have nuclear weapons uh, but again nobody really knows what that kind what a conflict between china and india would even look like other than other than absolutely horrifically ugly um, but it's hard to say. Um, South Korea would be finished. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think Japan would probably be finished. I, I don't know what they would do. I don't know. They, they are so, remember the Japanese culture is at the tip of the spear in terms of addiction to pornography, the effeminization of the men, um, zero desire for the, among young Japanese to procreate anything like that the the nihilistic porn addicted video game addicted culture i don't know if the japanese are capable of fighting or resisting a chinese incursion anymore so i mean and when things happen they're going to happen very very quickly very quickly talking about um, the nihilists that makes me think about the albert pike quote that we've talked about before on the podcast yes you know, i don't have that in front of me to quote again but uh but when it goes, it's going to go fast. And and um, one of the aspects of that quote was, people are going to be clamoring for somebody who can deliver a solution. Yep. And there is a very demonically enabled person who's going to step forward at that point. Yep, absolutely. And we've talked about this before. Anybody who comes along who seems like they have the answer to the seemingly unsolvable global problem, you're going to want to be very very careful about who and what that person is exactly. Um, yeah, I, if, if, you, if you believe as I do that Jorge, Jorge Bergoglio was probably the false prophet foreigner of the Antichrist, well, obviously, I mean, he's 80 however many years old. That means that would imply, that would imply that the Antichrist is walking around and is a full-grown adult, so... We all have to be very, very careful, stay close to the sacraments, pray the rosary, and pray God that we continue to have, in as much as we have now, you know, clarity, clarity, the, the ability to perceive that which, was, which is going on around us. So, Although the timing, even if we accept, and it's, it's a 
confirmed at, at the final time that Bergoglio is the false prophet forerunner, that doesn't mean that necessarily it's going to follow on immediately. St. Vincent Ferrer was confirmed by the church as being the angel of the apocalypse. And he lived way before the apocalypse. Now, yes. how you understand the timeline, how this all goes together, is a different matter. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't, we don't know for sure how it'll play out. I mean, that's, that's the understatement of the podcast. I mean, good heavens, who could have called any of this? Now that it's happening, it's pretty easy to see what's going on in real time as it's happening. But in terms of, of being able to predict any of this, good heavens, no. Um, so you just have to take it one day at a time and just continue to pray for that clarity and the ability to just process information correctly. That's, that's so important. Yeah, the ability to think is really important. Yep. All right, mister, where are we at on the old clock? I'm showing about an hour and a half. Okay. Concluding thoughts. Who wants to start? I nominate Nurse Claire. Nurse Claire, concluding thoughts. Don't take a flu shot this year. That's Ooh. my last bit of advice I forgot to mention earlier. I mm-hmm. don't recommend a flu shot this year. Mm. What are you seeing? No. What are you seeing? Well, it's quadrivalent, first of all. So it's uh, different than in previous years, which were trivalent. They had three different strains. This year's flu shot will have four strains. Um, And I'm wondering why it's being pushed so hard. Is there Mm. mRNA in this vaccine? I don't know, but I'm staying away from all of it. So I highly suggest um, that others do the same. Well, I mean, besides, I, I thought influenza was completely er, uh, globally eradicated in April of 2020. I mean, if it doesn't exist um, anymore, why do we even hmm. need a vaccine against it? <laughs> you know, I was going yeah, to mention right. when we were talking about the Facebook outage, you should really just listen to yesterday's No Agenda show because they they cover this in, in pretty good detail. They also talked about the... Um, the, the big push that's coming up for the flu vaccine and the person, the, the doctor, I don't know what windbag was, was talking there, but they even say we, we didn't really have a flu season last year. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> we, we, we cured the flu. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But now it's, it's back. Stunning. Now it's back. It's, yeah. <laughs> they really, really think you are stupid. Yes, so they do. prove them yep. wrong. Yep. As a footnote, uh, I wanted to just point out that here, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we are moving from summer into fall. So the number of daylight hours is dwindling. If you dialed back your vitamin D supplementation over the summer, it is now a good time to step it up again. Um, One of the best predictors of COVID, severe COVID disease is vitamin D deficiency. So don't get behind. Uh, I'm personally taking 10,000 units a day, but also remember to add in your vitamin K2 supplement so that you enhance the effect of the vitamin D3. So for my 10,000 units of vitamin D, I'm taking 100 milligrams of K2. And if somebody is worried about whether or not they're taking too much or too little vitamin D3, how should they approach that? And and are there any questions specifically they should ask their health care provider or doctor? Well, you can't. It's it's difficult to overdose on uh, vitamin D3. So 
if you stick difficult, to... Difficult, but not impossible, correct? Difficult, not but not impossible. If you stick to the 10,000 units, I think you'll be fine. Okay, we'll splice this into the show and back to the wrap-up. Vanessa, concluding thought? I, I got nothing. I think I said it mostly. Um, I'll just kind of echo Mark. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. She left it all on the court, folks. She left it all on the court. There you go. Super nerd, what do you think? Oh, the word has to be consilience. And of Mm. course, I'm I'm going in a different direction here. Um, I mentioned no agenda. And and there was uh, somebody who had, I'm sure several people have listened to this podcast, heard me and and you mentioned no agenda and started listening to that podcast. And uh, somebody made a donation to that podcast this last week saying they first heard about No Agenda on this thing called the Barnhart podcast, but uh, it wasn't until they heard about it also on Tom Woods. So it's it's about consilience. That's right. And uh, there, I can't count the number of books in my collection where one person says, hey, you really should read this book. And it's like, okay, mental note. And when I hear it from two or three other people who have absolutely no relation right. or, or connection to that first person, like, okay, I don't have to think about this anymore. Consilience in effect, buy the book, go. And yep. um, yeah, no problem. Well said. Did they, didn't they like mispronounce Barnhart or something like that? No, I never... the, 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 uh, Barnyard. The host. Barnyard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Animal husbandry. I mean, consilience. Like, that's right. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't happen to me because I was, pe- <laughs> people didn't mess with me. People were scared of me when I was a kid. Cause I was always, you know, like the, like the midget adult. I was the person who was left in charge of the classroom when the teacher would leave and all of that. But my, um, other members of my family, you know, I have all kinds of cousins and so on and so forth. Um, they, especially the boys, it was either barnyard or barn fart were the two, um, <laughs> the two, uh, <laughs> the two nasty nicknames with, you know, obviously the second one being nastier than the first, but yeah. So, <laughs> so they, they feared how much they loved you. That's what it was. <laughs> it's a, it, apparently that's a very common problem. <laughs> <laughs> All shall love me and despair, as someone once said. I think. I think. I think that's the quote. <laughs> oh, my, my final point was though, if, if there are listeners of this podcast who want to become uh, donating producers to No Agenda, email me and I'll, I'll send you a, a jingle to send into their podcast. Oh, good. The more, the more, more mentions. Does it? Does it mention? the the barn fart podca- podcast or whatever it is i haven't created it yet but uh i was going to get your collaboration on this and uh definitely i'm have here to mention i'm here for it i'm here for it i'm yeah. here to help yep. yep okay all right wrap her up my friend all right the email address for the podcast where you can send feedback comments suggestions good news items or other points of consilience you're seeing in the world around you the email address is podcast at barnhart.biz there's also a voicemail line there was some feedback that it just didn't match with what we're talking about tonight. We'll play that on, on a later show. But uh, there is a phone number where you can leave voicemail feedback. And um, it, it's, like I said, this is something we can include in, the, in the, the show at a future time. I said that twice. I don't know why. Anne expresses her profound gratitude to all of her benefactors. At least one mass is said every single day for all the benefactors, plus one traditional Catholic requiem mass for everybody who died in the last week, whether they're benefactors or not. Mm-hmm. Please pray for the priests. Uh, mm-hmm. We mentioned earlier that uh, the, the window might have already closed on elective um, medical procedures. It's also closing for the ability for priests to get into the, the hospital. If you are if you do end up in the hospital for something other other than coup related, maybe you end up in a car accident or something like that. Um, there's no guarantee the priests are going to be able to get to you because yeah. the 
the administrators of who can get in and out of hospitals won't let them. They don't believe in the supernatural. Why would they let a priest in? And All the more reason to remember that every time you receive um, sacramental communion, have in your mind and specifically say to our Lord, if this is the last time I'm ever able to receive, if this is my viaticum, please give me all of those graces. Have that in your mind, because if you were hit by a bus um, and you end up in a hospital, actually odds are now that you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to get the viaticum on your deathbed in a hospital. So always have that in your mind. Can and, I make and a quick, um, yeah, no, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was go just going to say, I give this to, to folks who I know are ill or in the hospital, it's to my grandmother as well before she passed. The pardon crucifix um, indulgence by Pope Pius X, if you kiss it with sincere contrition at the moment of death, it is a plenary. So good thing to have on you in case, again, priests aren't available. Mm-hmm. Well said. And also, in the same sense that you don't know if the next time you receive communion is going to be the last time, the next time you see your, your neighborhood priest might be the last time also. And don't neglect the opportunity to tell them how much you appreciate them and, and support them and are praying for them. Um, they catch so much grief. You know, hearing a kind word from time to time can really yeah. go a long way in, in boosting yeah. them and, and, and um, reaffirming their vocation. Yep, Absolutely. I would like to recognize a few donors since the last time I was on the podcast. Uh, some auto-recurring donors via PayPal, Marion, Gail, and Sally. And then some one-off donors via PayPal, Jesus. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Matthew. Uh, he, Matthew, if, if you purchased something and it wasn't a do- donation, please email me. Because most of the time when the donations come through, it says in the subject lines a donation. But yours came through saying it was a purchase. And so if you meant to buy something like a DVD... Let me know because it didn't say that in your in your order. Which, by the way, the um, the diabolical narcissism videos, um, I did not. I neglected for the longest time realizing that the the button for buying that via PayPal was broken, and it yeah. wasn't until somebody had emailed about that. I was like, oh, that's been broken for a while. I totally forgot about that. Uh, that should be working now. And the I'll, I'll double check that the diabol- that the uh, Annie Pope Bergoglio uh, videos is, are working as well. I'll get that back and going. Um, but Matthew, if you bought something, let me know. Uh, Edwin uh, also sent in a donation and a note saying, God bless you, super nerd. And Anne, for all that you do, please pray for my family as we are expecting our first child in a few weeks. What an amazing time to be living. Absolutely. Hooray. Yes. And via the mailbox, um, Alice, who sends the note, hello, super nerd. I'm so grateful for all you do. It's about time I started donating. Keep up the good work. Uh, Anonymous uh, sent in a donation saying several months ago it was mentioned that there was going to be or there was some thought about creating a, a type of alternate communication medium in case Anne's website got deplatformed, perhaps an email list. Has anything happened on this front? Oh, yeah. No, I owe you all uh, an apology for that one. I forgot about that too. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, yeah. And, and the whole point was, and, and now Anne, you you resisted this idea because you thought it meant you had to send out a newsletter, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm imitating you there. Um, <laughs> that the whole point is if your website gets blasted offline for some reason, yes, I've got backups and I can create, uh, recreate the website someplace else, but y'all won't know where it is. Yeah. So the whole point yeah. of the, the e- email list here was to send out an email blast saying Anne's website got blasted and barnhart.biz is, is essentially nuked now. So we have to roll over to a different domain name. Um, mm-hmm. That was the whole point of that. And I will make that as a, a, a point of, uh, an assignment to get figured out and addressed within uh, hopefully before November 1st. So hopefully at, okay. at the very latest by All Saints Day, we will have an all email address. 
Cool. All right. We'll hold you to that. Yep. Um, let's see. Via the mailbox. No, I, I'm halfway through that one. And then the last one was Rick. Keep up the good work. So someone's saying keep up the good work here. Um, so he's, he also added, I've been praying to St. Tiny Princess, and she told me to send a donation to the nuns who lovingly helped care for her. It's enclosed here. And what he's referring to here, uh, and we'll, I'll mention St. Tiny Princess in a minute, uh, the nuns who helped care for her, they're called the sister, or the Servants of Mary Ministers to the Sick. I had to look this one up because we always just call them Sister Servants of Mary, which that's their domain name, uh, sisterservantsofmary.org, mm. and I'll put that in the show notes. So I, I had mm-hmm. the name wrong when I've mentioned it before. Strictly speaking, it's Servants of Mary, Ministers to the Sick. And yes, they cared for St. Tiny Princess, who is our patron here at the, at the podcast. She was my daughter. Yes. Is my daughter. Uh, she was with she us. She is your daughter. Yeah. yeah she, was, <laughs> she was with us for less than a year. Um, the doctors initially said probably a few days. She was born with a very severe genetic condition, and but she was baptized. She received uh, confirmation uh, two days after she was born. And um, she was as topped off as she could get. And everybody who met her all universally agreed there's something just, uh, I almost said magical, but um, almost supernatural and radiant coming off of her. And the bastards who are, who are in favor of Planned Parenthood would have said, this is a life that has no use. It should have been aborted. Yep. yep. And anybody who, who met St. Tiny Princess would have vehemently disagreed. And yes. depending upon... Um, how much like Dr. Beep you are, you might've disagreed more violently than others. But mm. um, no, talk about uh, just a complete blindness to supernatural grace and, and the divine order. Obviously she couldn't merit for herself, but by caring for her, we could merit for each other. And, and in, the, in the case of, of the, 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 the order of nuns, the servants of Mary minister to the sick, that is the vocation, is caring for the sick. So they can, you know, through St. Tiny Princess, they get to live out their vocation, which is a blessing that radiates through the community as well. So thank you to um, Rick for, for reminding me to mention that, uh, and, and the nuns again, because they definitely need to be mentioned from time to time as well. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to Matthew 17.20. Matthew 17.20, pray without ceasing every day, fast twice a week if you can, fourfold intention that... Um, the Bergoglian anti-papacy be publicly recognized and that he be removed as anti-pope and the whole thing be nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living pope since April of 2005, that Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger um, repent of anything that he might need to repent of, that he die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and that he someday achieves the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, pray for us. Amen. And on behalf of Nurse Claire and Vanessa, I am Super Nerd. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless.